you to turn to one or two people and say, I am going to be a soul winner. I'm fishers of men. Turn to one or two people and just tell them that right now. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. We're on God's side. How many believe that? You may be seated. You tell somebody that? Everybody can be a soul winner. I believe that. I want to read something to you. You know, the middle verse of the middle chapter of the Bible is Psalms 118. The shortest chapter is Psalms 117, two verses. The longest chapter is after Psalms 118, 176 verses. Isn't that something? And of Psalms 118, there are 594 chapters before it and 594 chapters after it. And the center verse is Psalms 118.8. It is better to trust in God, in the Lord, than to put confidence in man. How many believe that? So we want to talk about something this morning. You know, I'm, I'm just glad to be here. And I, when I talked with Pastor Ralph about this morning and what his vision is with his fishers of men, I said to myself, he's my kind of man. I like him. And when I met him, I liked him. Amen. Everybody's got something in common with somebody. Isn't that true? You know, I have, I have two things in common with Donald Trump. Number one, I like Donald Trump. Number two, Donald Trump likes Donald Trump. That's two things in common, isn't it? But I want to talk about something that's important, and I, I'm just excited to be here. I, I just think God's going to do something, not because I'm here, but because he's here. That's what counts. Isn't that true? I brought some of my books and videos today. I, I ran out. I had two big boxes, and they just cleaned me out about Mansfield Open Bible. But if you <clears throat> buy anything or if you order anything... I'll have it sent to you, and for every item you order, I'll send you something free. Is that fair enough? If you buy a book, I'll send you another book free. You buy a video, I'll send you another video free. Can't beat that. So you have to stop back there and check it out. And if you want to keep up with us a little bit, you can go to Ken Gobb uh, website, and uh, <clears throat> I have a video channel that uh, just a week ago I found out we had eight. 860-some thousand people watching the videos. I have a full video channel. And, and now uh, I'm on 800, almost 800 radio stations, but I'm also on the web and on YouTube and all that stuff. And I like to tell about being in Seattle. I went through TSA. How many know what that is at the airport? TSA, take scissors again. And I went through, and the guy said to me, did anybody put anything in your luggage that you don't know about? I said, how can I answer that? That's a stupid question. If I don't know about it, how can I answer you? He said, you're right. He said, forget that. I said, okay. He said, have you been around anybody with COVID-19. I said, I'm not a doctor. 
I don't go around checking people at the airports and everywhere. In the airport, they want you to be six feet apart, and you get on a plane and somebody's sitting on your lap. You know, it's just crazy what they do. So I don't know about that. That's another stupid question. He said, it is. Forget that. He said, have you been tested? I said, yes. He said, how did it turn out? I said, I tested positive, sir. And two other guys came over and said, what are you doing flying if you tested positive? I said, what am I doing flying? It's quicker than walking. Well, they asked me, so I told them. And he said, but you tested positive? I said, yeah, I did. I'm sorry, I did. He said, where did you test? I said, he said, when did you test? I said, yesterday. He said, yesterday? And you tested positive and you're flying today? I said, yeah, right. He said, where did you test? I said, I tested myself. He said, you can't do that. People can't test themselves. I said, I did. And these other guys are freaking out standing there. I said, how'd you test yourself? I said, I turned in the Bible and I read that I am created in the image of God. And God is a positive personality. So when he made me, he created me positive. He don't create junk. I tested positive, and I hang out with positive people. I don't hang out with negative people. And then and they, they said, go on, get out of here. And another guy came through the security and said, who was that guy that tested positive? And this guy was not even a Christian that answered him, one of the TSA guys. He said, oh, we know him. He He's through the airport all the time, but he's different. And then the guy said, but he tested positive. And then the TSA guy said, yeah, we're made in the image of God. And God made all us guys positive because te we tested positive. And this guy said, I'm out of here. It was funny. I thought, he's witnessing. He's not even a Christian yet. How many test positive? Let me see your hand. Amen. We ought to test positive every day and believe God. Amen. You get what you believe for. You don't believe for something, you don't get something. We go to Israel several times a year. I've been there a hundred and, what, 70 times. And uh, somebody picked up one of my brochures and said, Oh, I'd love to go to Israel, but I'll never get to go. I took the brochure and put it back. There ain't no sense wasting them if you're not going. This mic on? Yeah, you got that. So everybody can test positive and be on the positive side. Isn't that right? That's what I liked about Pastor Ralph. I met Nancy. I thought it was his daughter, but it was his wife. And so anyway, <laughs> anyway, it's great to be here. And I love seeing people trust God and believe God. And uh, I believe that God's on our side. Do you believe that? Now, I want you to turn your Bible to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and uh, the story starts out that Jesus was in Nazareth, and a man said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And I love verse 49, Jesus stood still. And the men said, be of good comfort, he's calling for you. So he came to Jesus, and Jesus said to this man in verse 51, What wilt thou 
that I should do unto thee. How many believe the Lord knew that he was blind? Of course he did. Why did he ask that question? He was checking something out to see where that man's vision was. I want to talk, I've been talking for about two weeks now. No, yeah, two weeks on rearranging our thinking, how we think, and why we think that way, and why we say what we do. People say the dumbest things. Some guy said to me the other day, when's your birthday? I said, December 8. He said, what year? I said, every year. I have my birthday every year. You know, it's funny what people say, isn't it? They said, you lived in Yakima, Washington all your life? I said, not yet. I'm still here. <laughs> It's funny. You know what they say? I was telling somebody that somebody said to me when I said, I went to Jim Swanson's funeral. That's why you couldn't call me. And he said, Jim Swanson's funeral? Did he die? Yeah, is that a question? Did he die? I said, no, we didn't like him. We buried him alive. You know, I mean, people say the dumbest things. I've never seen so many people. In Oregon, you have you can't put your own gas in the gas tank. They have to do it because years ago the governor's son blew up a station and so on. And so I pulled up to the gas pump and the guy said, do you want gas? I said, no, I'd like to buy some lumber. I'm building a house. You know, of course I want gas. You know, I, I just listen the way people talk. I was in, in uh, Texas and I, I got stopped for speeding. There wasn't anybody awake but me and God and the cop under the bridge. And he came up to my window and he, he said, I've been waiting for you. I said, I got here quick as I could. You know, <laughs> you know, God is a big God and he's trying to help us. So we have to think about these kind of things. So we, when we're thinking, that it's, you ever had people say to you, what do you think? How many red people say that? What do you think? Like the guy went to visit one of his friends. He knocked on the door, and a six-year-old boy answered the door, and he was smoking a big cigar. A six-year-old kid. This guy had never seen that before. And he said, are your parents home? <laughs> Little boy said, what do you think? <laughs> so, you know, I think about the way people think. And I wrote a book. One of my books is called Rearranging Your Mental Furniture. Like how you think and why you think that way. Jesus said, what do you want me to do? He said that I might receive my sight. And what did Jesus say? He said, go thy way, thy faith has made thee whole. And immediately the man received his sight and followed Jesus. You know, if we believe everything in the world, we'll never get anywhere. If people talk to you in a negative manner, it's not good. How many know that? I see people all the time. A lady on the plane the other day was sitting beside me. She was coughing. <coughs> she said, I'm trying to catch a cold. <laughs> I said, well, I hope you're successful. I mean, I don't give a rip. That's what they want. Let them have it, you know. But anyway, people are just negative. If you watch CNN, Chicken Noodle News, you will never get anywhere. I'm sorry. And so one guy was on CNN the other day. They had it on in the airport. And uh, they said, did that really happen that way to you? You know what he said? I couldn't believe it. 
on TV? He said, well, not really, but I've already told it that way. What does that mean? How do people think? This man here said that I want to receive my sight. We have to program our mind to believe God in every avenue of our life because God is interested in our spiritual, our physical, our financial, our emotional needs. Isn't that true? How many believe dogs like bones? Well, you're wrong. They don't. I gave my dog a bone. He buried the bone. Dogs bury bones. But how many be? I, I made a test with my dog. I got a big dog, 75 pounds, and he's police trained. He's a watchdog. And uh, I laid down a bone. I laid down a piece of meat. What did he take? He took the meat. He buried the bone later. See, dogs don't like bones. But they settle for bones because that's what people give them. There's a lot of people in the church world settling for bones when God wants to give you meat, when God wants to give you an answer, when God wants to give you victory. Amen? When we were born, as I said, you know, we have the DNA of God in us. God made us wonderful. He made us special. He made us glorious. He made us good. He doesn't make junk. He made you. Amen? Turn to somebody and say you're great. Amen. God is a big God, and, and I think that he's wonderful. And our future, you know, our, our future life can, don't have to be a repeat of the past. This blind man got healed because he believed God. He believed Jesus. Have you ever heard of a millionaire going broke? Yes. I've read stories on it. And six months later... Honestly, they become a millionaire again. And they asked one guy, how'd you do it? He said, I changed my thinking. So we have to change how we think about things. Isn't that true? Everybody can be a soul winner. I, I do a soul winning course and got a syllabus on it, got a book on it called What's Your Passion? And everybody can win souls. I don't believe that it is just the pastor's job in this church or any church to just be the only soul winner. Your pastor is like my pastor. He's a shepherd. Isn't that true? Jesus over him, but he's a shepherd. And I've been to Israel more than any man on the planet, and I can tell you this. I've never seen a pregnant shepherd. It's, yeah, it's sheep that bear sheep. Amen? Yeah, turn to somebody and say he's talking about you. Yeah, it's sheep that bear sheep. Everybody can win souls. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So we can do that, and I believe that. So I, I think that we have to do what we can to witness. I witness to everybody. I turn everything into soul winning. I have, there was a guy just yesterday that hollering about the weather out where I live, 121 degrees. The people do this all the time. And he said it was hot as hell. I said, no, God just getting you ready for it. Amen. I was on the airplane. The lady picked up my tray and she said, are you Finnish? I said, no, I'm Jewish. I turn everything into soul winning. 
you you don't know what I do, but I just I have fun doing. I think it's fun winning people to Christ. It's fun helping them. We are roadblocks going to hell. Isn't that true? God made us a roadblock, and our job is to win people and touch people and help people. Don't you don't waste your time on things that are unchangeable. You can't you can't change your birthday. That's set. You can't change your ethnic origin. I'm a Jew. My grandparents are born in Jerusalem. My son-in-law is a Mexican. And we go out to eat Mexican food. He won't go to Taco Bell. He said, that ain't real food. That ain't real cheese. That ain't real nothing. That's all fake. It's from fake news. And so he won't eat there. But we go to a Mexican restaurant, and he pours hot sauce on everything. He even drinks hot sauce. And I, I pour it on everything. I like hot sauce. But when we get done, we both had hot sauce. He's still a Mexican, and I'm a Jew. You can't change that. You can't change the death of a friend or a relative. My wife passed away in January of this year. I can't change that. We were married for 66 years, and I have no regrets. I had a wonderful wife and high IQ. I married up, <laughs> like Pastor Ralph did. But anyway, anyway, we go leave that to whatever. But anyhow, you can't change stuff like that. You can't change the decision of other people about you. But you, there are some things that we can change. 95% of what we worry about, we can't change anyway. Our church had a big picnic, and we prayed for nice weather, and the farmers prayed for rain, and they won. Yeah. So some way we can't change everything, but we have to be the people that trust God and believe him, like this blind man did. I'm going to tell you something I don't normally tell I, I went to Hawaii, and uh, there's a store in Waikiki, and you know what it's called? The Stupid Factory. That's the name of it, The Stupid Factory. They sell little knickknacks and funny T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. So I went into this store, and I said, who's the owner here? He said, I am. I said, could I look in your back room? He said, why? I said, well, I meet so many stupid people. I know they're made somewhere. And I thought maybe they'd be made at the stupid factory. He got the biggest kick. I witnessed to him. We had a great time. But after we left there, a car nearly hit us. Pulled off a side road, wasn't even looking, and I hit the brake. Boy, it was something. I told my wife, he's from the factory. And so it became a funny thing in our family. We see somebody do something stupid, we say, they're from Hawaii, the factory. Nobody knew what we taught. You know now. But anyway, <laughs> it was something else. Now, we're all either stupid or ignorant. It was some things. Ignorance, we all have that. I can't fly an airplane, so you wouldn't want me to be a pilot. If you're riding in a plane. But I could go to a college and learn how to fly and get my license. Then my ignorance would be cured. Stupid can't be cured. 
stupid's fatal. <laughs> you believe that? <laughs> and so we have to think about that, and, and we can't be shackled by the past. I've learned that uh, if this man here, he had to break the habit of defeat. He had to break his thinking habit. He was blind. He couldn't see, but he knew Jesus was there. And he heard Jesus heal the sick and raise the dead and did all that kind of stuff. Jesus, have mercy on me. They said, be quiet. And he kept going. Jesus stood still and heard him. I tell you, Jesus hears us. Can you say amen? He is there always. And then Jesus called him over, and he went over, and he got healed. So I like this accomplishment of this blind man. I like that. Because he trusted the Lord. He believed. It was his faith, the Lord said, that made him whole. He said, go in peace and be whole of thy plague, didn't he? Your faith has made you whole. I'm going to believe faith is important. Many of the greatest accomplishments in history have been done against impossible odds, even in the secular world. Think about that. You know all the stories, stuff like that. I think of Walt Disney. His brother said to him, you can't build a Disney world. He said it'll cost money, and the kids don't have the money, and the parents aren't going to give them the money. And so his brother said, Walt, you're stupid for building a Disney World. But let me ask you a question this morning. What was the name of Walt Disney's brother? I don't know, and who cares? We know Walt Disney, don't we? So we know that many accomplishments have happened because people believe God. We had a man healed just recently, 80 years old, full-blown case of Alzheimer's disease. He didn't know his own name. The neighbors knew it. Everybody knew it. They had to watch him so he didn't walk out of the house and walk down the street, get lost or whatever. And we, we were in a meeting, and I was asked to pray for him. I don't know that I've ever prayed for anybody with Alzheimer's disease. And he was instantly healed. I couldn't believe it. It was something. He turned to his wife and said, what are you doing here? <laughs> she, and he didn't slur his words like he'd been doing. And he knew her, and she screamed, and they hugged each other and cried, and the church went crazy. Now about, what they say, nine or ten people have been going to that church, and half a dozen of them already got saved. Amen. I like people that believe, don't you? That believe something. She believed that he would be healed. 80 years old, and now he knows St. Clair back when he was a kid. I've talked to him about three, four times now in the last three weeks. He is just, it's unbelievable. It was a great accomplishment. Why? Because his wife had faith. She said, I believe the Lord was going to do that. Isn't that wonderful? Something to be happy about. Amen. I think about things like that all the time. I think of Mozart. He was six years old, and he wrote a symphony at six years old. Shane Gould won a gold medal at 12 years old. Joan of Arc was 17 and took the armies of France to victory. What did Joan of Arc, a 17-year-old girl, know about war? 
she didn't know blue and thing. But she said, I can do this. Oh, I like people like that. I like people on the positive side, don't you? I'm an optimist anyway. An optimist, a man who fell out of a 20-story building as he went by the 10th floor, he said, so far, so good. Or she had trouble later, but anyway. <laughs> a pessimist, a person who feels good when he feels bad because he's afraid he'd feel bad if he ever gets better. Something like that. You don't have to be that way. God made us to be winners. We were born to win. We were born to succeed. We were born to have victory. And when we face things, I face things spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, all kinds of things. But I hung on to God. We never give up. Nobody better than God. We sang about it this morning, didn't we? So we have to believe that and trust God. When things happen we don't like, I've learned to leave it with God. Nine years ago, my youngest son was killed in a motorcycle wreck. I never forget that. I was in my office and my secretary said, the highway patrol is here. I said, so? And I saw him get out of the car and he threw his hat on the seat and he just stood there for a minute. And I thought, well, I don't know what, he, what his problem is. And finally he came and um, came in the office. By that time, all my staff was in the lobby and I came down and he said, Mr. Gobb, I said, yes. He said, there's been a bad wreck with a semi truck and a motorcycle. And your son was on the motorcycle. He didn't make it. That was not a good day. It was not a good time. And everybody was screaming. My wife was there screaming. My daughter, my other son, our family, we're a family ministry. And there were about 12 of us in the office, and they were all screaming. I walked outside the door of my office, and I said, God, I don't believe this happened. And I said, a second or two either way, his life would have probably been saved. So I don't know why you let this happen in my family. I was upset at God. How many understand that? Just temporarily. You don't want to be upset too long. You pull your chain, you'll be gone. <laughs> so I said, God, I don't understand it, but I got to go back in and, and be strong. And I went back in and prayed with everybody. Prayed to even the policemen, Highway Patrol. And we said, we're going to leave it with God. God knows what he's doing and what he allowed. It isn't something I want, but my faith is going to carry me through. And I'm going to make it. Somebody say that. Amen. We're going to make it. And that's the way this blind man was. And he trusted God. I, I think of, of Joan of Arc, how she led those armies and how she said, I can do this thing. I like that. You know, Ray Kroc, uh, the, the for, uh, founder of McDonald's, he looked for a name that would work for the burgers. He didn't think his name, Kroc, could work. They ain't nobody going to eat a Kroc burger. Right? <laughs> you want to eat a crock bird? No, we'll just pass on that. 
So he found the McDonald name, and the rest is history. He believed against impossible odds. Colonel Sanders, a lot of people don't realize it, he was so broke, he was sleeping in his car. He couldn't even get a motel room at 65 years old. But he said, I'll put Kentucky Fried Chicken all over the world. <laughs> well, he's dead and gone, but how many know it's ever were? Isn't that amazing? So you say, and Grandma Moses was, what, 78 years old when she started painting. It's amazing. Age has nothing to do with it. Whatever age we are, we can believe God like this blind man did and say, I'm going to be healed. By faith, he was healed. You know, some people are so negative, they go to the dog races and bet on the rabbit. I don't think you should bet anyway, but anyway, our job is to believe God. I say it every day when I get up. Today is going to be a good day. Where I'm staying in the motel, they got a van, and on the side of the van, it says, today is a good day for a good day. And I like that. That's a positive. I like positive stuff. I like that guy that went fishing. And the guy said, how many fish you caught? He said, when I get this one I'm after, and three more, I'll have four. He didn't have nothing. But he's believing for better stuff, Amen. And I like that. I like people that talk that way and live that way. Positive people. And, and you know, when you face something, you've got to refuse to cave in. You've got to say, God is bigger than my problem. So many people are always talking about their problem. And I heard a guy, there was a guy in our church. And people think maybe I shouldn't have done this. But there was a guy in our church, and the pastor had people down at the altar pray, and he said, can't go around, just pray for people. So I would lay my hand praying for people. And I went to this one guy, and I heard him praying. I couldn't believe it. I kicked him on the shoe. I said, get up. Bill, get up. I know him. He's a friend of mine. I said, meet me in the lobby right away. He went back there. He said, what's the problem? I said, I heard you praying. Are you stupid or something? He's a good friend of mine. You said, is he still? Yeah, oh yeah. I said, I heard you praying, saying, oh God, you have no idea what I'm going through. God is not stupid. God knows everything we're going through. Or anything. Isn't that true? He knows everything. I said, don't tell God how big the problem is. Speak to the problem. And tell it how big your God is. Say, God is bigger than any problem we'll ever face. And God has put a power within us, like this blind man, a power within us that is greater than any negative force or negative situation that would ever come against us in our entire life. That's how good God is. God is good. We sing about it. How many believe it? I believe that kind of stuff. I believe God is an answer in God, he answers our prayer. He, he knows what our needs are. He's concerned about everything. I'm going to tell you something. I got a new book I'm working on right now. And I don't know what the name of it will be, but it will be on Amazon. My last book on Amazon is a number one seller, The Master Plan for Success. 
Well, I don't know what this book will be named, but it's going to be full of miracles. Not only me, but other pastor friends of mine that have had miracles, their stories are going to be in the book. And uh, I, I was, after my wife passed away, we um, faced some serious financial things. And uh, I flew from Denver to Atlanta. That's a four-hour flight. I got on the plane and I sat down beside this man and this man said to me, what do you do? I said, I travel. He said, where do you travel? I said, the whole world. Well, what do you do while you travel? I said, I speak. He said, where do you speak? I said, everywhere. He said, what subjects you speak on? I said, a lot of subjects. He said, well, who invites you? I said, people. And I never told him a thing, and I'll tell you why in advance. When I do a four-hour flight, I never tell him anything about my life in the first two hours because I'm doing what? I'm fishing. I know how to fish. And so I didn't tell him anything. He didn't find out anything about me. What I did not know, and I'm going to tell you this in advance, that he was a Christian and he was going to win me to Christ. I'm a Christian, and I was going to win him to Christ. So for two hours, we talked. I learned to do timing. I teach that in my soul winning seminar, how to do timing with a waitress or anybody. And so I didn't tell him anything. We talked to each other, and we become good friends, kind of. If I tell a pastor, anybody that sits beside me to say, what do you do? I'm a minister. Well, the door is already closed. How many know that? And then I can't get it open sometimes. So I don't tell them anything. And I wait for two hours, and by that time we've told jokes and had fun. And they kind of like me, and even if they don't like preachers, they will listen to me when I talk. So I was going to win him. He's going to win me like a Mexican standoff or something else. And uh, finally, he said to himself, he was sitting there, and out of the blue, he said, Oh, no, God, I can't believe this. God, I don't want to do this. And I thought, well, he's talking to God. What is he talking about? And he reached in his briefcase. This really happened and pulled out a roll of bills that big around with a rubber band around it and threw it in my lap and said, that's for you. I said, what? I didn't ask you for no money. I don't want your money. He was uh, going to Atlanta to move there to do a record business, pulling cars or something. And he said, I threw the money back, and he threw it back in my lap. He said, no, God just told me to give you all my cash. I said, what? I couldn't believe it. He said, I don't know what you do, but you have a personal need, and God told me to give you my cash. And he said, I'm going to tell you something, sir. And then he started witnessing to me. He said, you know, when God tells you to do something, you better do it. You better learn that. I thought, what? He's preaching to me. And he said, you know, 10 years ago, I was a, a renegade. I lived for the devil. But I went to a church in Tucson, Arizona, where Harold Horner is the pastor. 
and I about fell out of the seat because Harold Warner is a pastor friend of mine, and I go to that church. He said, I went to that church, and that I had a guy up there and said he was hilarious and carried on, and he said, the next thing I knew, he got serious, and about 20 of us were in the front of the church giving our life to Jesus Christ. He said, I become a Christian. And he said, that guy was Ken Gobb from Yakima, Washington. I said, what? I'm Ken Gobb. He said, no. He said, take your, we had them masks on, I hate them stupid things. And I took it down, he said, you are Ken Gobb. He said, I got all your books, I watched your video channel and everything, and uh, that was crazy. <laughs> I was the one that gave the altar call and led him to Christ. We had more fun witnessing on that. And I said, I don't want your money. He said, no, God told me to give you all my cash. Then he said, oh, no, I got another $10. And he reached in his billfold and pulled out a 10 in the back that he had for emergency or something and said, there it is. And God said, all my cash I had to give you. When I went to the hotel, I counted the 50s and 20s in that roll of money with a rubber band around it was $1,800. That's a story that I've left a lot of the details out of that starts my new book. Because my book called God's Got Your Own Number has got the telephone story in that started in Dayton, Ohio, many years ago. It's in many books. If you get, I tell them, Pastor, you get that book, uh, Christian Soul or something. What's the name of that book, did I say? Something about the Christian book, Christian Soul. It's in that book. It's in 30-some different books about the story that happened to me with a phone call. Old Roberts talked about it. Billy Graham talked about it. It's a story that has circled the world. Chicken Soup for the Christian Soul. That's what it was. It's in that book. You ever heard that book? My story's in there about what happened to me in Dayton. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is this that I had a financial need that nobody knew about. He didn't know about it, and he gave me $1,800. You know, God knows what he's doing. He has a way of meeting every need. And he met this blind man's need because the blind man refused to cave in during a crisis. See, you're capable, capable of doing a lot more than what you've ever done, and your past don't have to represent your future. How many know that? You can believe God and trust God, and it's interesting to know that uh, most people don't care about how you struggle. They just want to know, did you win? Did you get through it? Did you make it have an answer? Not everybody believes me when I say that after 66 years of marriage, that my wife, I, I, I don't have any regrets. She went with me. Oh, I took her around the world seven times. She went to 120 countries with me. She went to 150 sometimes to Israel. She took some lady groups on her own to Israel. We had a great marriage. But when she closed her eyes on earth, in a split second, she opened them in heaven. That's what the Bible said. God fixed it so Jesus conquered death for us. Amen? Isn't that exciting? Man, I think that's wonderful. This man was blind. In a second, he was healed. His faith made him whole. Jesus said, go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Thy faith has made you whole. 
We need faith to believe God. Like these people in the Bible did. So many people trusted God and believed for miracles. And I, I, I think it's wonderful when somebody believes for the impossible to happen. Amen? See, the impossible can happen every day of our life if we trust God and believe him. Back in the, in the 1400s, they were going to take a man's head off for um, some murder thing he did. You know, what's that thing they call They drop down, guillotine, drops down, cuts your head off. He had his head in there. And they said, is there anything, the king said, is there anything you want to say before we take your head off? He said, yes, there is. I demand you set me free. <laughs> Everybody laughs. What's he talking about? He's going to die. He said, if you set me free for one year and then put me in the guillotine, I will teach your horse how to fly. The king said, set him free. The queen said, are you crazy? You can't do that. He can't teach a horse how to fly. The king said, I like him. See, right away he changed the king's thinking. And as he walked away from that guillotine, his buddy said to him, you are the dumbest person I've ever encountered. You can't teach a horse how to fly. He said, I have a year. He said, a minute ago, my head was coming off. But now, during this year, I may die a natural death. Or maybe the king will die a natural death. Or maybe I'll be killed in a battle. Or maybe he'll be killed in a battle. Or maybe he'll forgive me. Or maybe he'll forget about it. He said, I got all kinds of opportunities now. Or he said, I just might teach that horse how to fly. I like somebody like that. It's supposed to have been a real story. We get what we believe for. You don't believe for nothing, you, don't, you get nothing. Isn't that true? And so this man, his faith made him whole, and I think that's an exciting thing. We have to develop specific goals and believe that God will see us through. Amen? Whatever it is we face. Paul Getty was an oil man, a, bill, a billionaire. And he had a three-point plan that he went and told his men every morning. It's history now. But he said, number one, get up early. Number two, work hard. Number three, strike oil. Amen. Be a success. Expect to be a success. You know, Christians, we are not losers. Can you say an amen? Somebody say amen to that. We're not losers. We're winners. God don't create losers. We, we do things like that that cause people to lose. People's thinking. We have to say Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And God made me a winner. And I'm going to believe whatever problem I face, I'm going to get through it. God is going to see me through. I'm going to change my thinking and believe like this man did here. I'm going to believe God. You know, you, one thing about it, you can't steer a parked car. Isn't that true? You have to get in gear and do something. Some people never fish for men or women or boys or girls because they don't believe they can win souls. You know, one lady said to me, well, I'm not good at it. You don't have to be good at it. You know your testimony. 
I love this, putting the note up there and your picture and the net and all. This, Pastor, I like what you're doing. <laughs> I think it's great. Amen? And I hope you share it because I think it's so wonderful when people believe and witness. One lady said, well, I'm shy. I don't know what to say. I said, well, lead shy people to the Lord. She said, well, how do you do that? I said, you talk to them about Jesus. Share your, everybody can share their testimony. If you have a car accident, you know, you don't have to go to college to learn how to tell the police what happened. You know what happened, and you share it. Isn't that true? And so the same way with witnessing. Everybody can witness. Everybody can share the Lord. I think it's wonderful. Our job is to believe God. I, I share uh, faith with a flight attendant. With, I've led a lot of flight attendants to the Lord, a lot of pilots I've led to the Lord. Not a lot of them, but a few of them I led to Christ. And I think it's wonderful to do that. I had a lady. i got to tell you this quickly. I had a lady on the plane. She was a black uh, stewardess, flight attendant. And she had the best personality I ever saw in my life. She loved everybody. I'd come on, I got acquainted with her, and then finally her husband would fly with her and I got acquainted with him. Then my wife got on a flight with her one day and she was there, and then she, my wife got acquainted with her, and then my wife got acquainted with her husband, and the four of us had a nice relationship. But three years I witnessed to her, and I couldn't get anywhere. She had a way of getting, you ever seen people like that? They have a way of getting around it. I couldn't get anywhere. And I thought, man, I do soul winning seminars. I prayed one day, and I said, God, I do soul winning seminars. Have you read my book? And why can't I win Wanda to Christ, Wanda Green? I just couldn't figure it out. Three years went by. We met her many, many times and her husband. We even met for a, a, a day that we spent together just being together. One day I saw her in Chicago and she's having coffee. I said, Wanda, she jumped up and hugged me. And I said, Wanda, good to see you. She said, I ain't seen you in about three weeks. Where you been? I said, well, we just been on different flights. I'm going all over the world. I fly United. I'm, I'm United second highest. That's pretty good. And <laughs> I'm just right now tipping 11 million miles on United Airlines, second highest flyer in the world. So I sat down and had coffee with Wanda. She said, how's Barb doing? And so I give her the phone and push a button. She's talking to my wife. And I prayed while they were talking. I said, Lord, I need to win Wanda to Christ. It's been three years. And when I got, she got done talking, she handed the phone back, and she said, oh, I got to see Barb again. And I said, Wanda, I said, there's something that really bothers me. She said, well, what is it? I said, I think you're a beautiful lady, and you have a wonderful husband. And someday I'm going to heaven, and you and your husband are going to hell. And we're going to part, and we'll never see each other again. And I saw a tear come down Wanda's face. And I thought, it's the day. I said, Wanda, 
I think today is the day you should accept Jesus Christ. She said, I think so. And with people walking by on both sides wondering what in the world this couple were doing, we joined hands across the coffee table and Wanda prayed the sinner's prayer and accepted Jesus into her life. I said, go home. Go home and win your husband to Christ. She said, I'm going to do that. And so I waved you goodbye. She gave me a hug and we left. And you ever walked away leaving somebody and turned around and waved again? You ever done that? And I waved. I said, see ya. What I did not know is that I would never see Wanda again this side of heaven. Ten days later, 9-11 happened. Wanda was on the United flight that crashed in Pennsylvania. One of the flight attendants that died. I went to the memorial. It was just as a building there now. The plane's under the ground, but I went there when they just had the sign up. Took a picture of Wanda's name. I picked up a rock about the size of my hand. And with a marker pen, I wrote on her name the date she got saved and 9-11 on it. It lays on my desk in my office. People always say, what is that rock? And I said, let me tell you this story about Wanda. I told this story in a church in South Carolina, and a lady screamed and said, oh, praise the Lord. And I found out later that lady was a flight attendant, and five days after I led Wanda to Christ, she led that other flight attendant to the Lord. She knew about this, fishing. Wasn't that wonderful? She led her husband to the Lord. And just recently, just a few months ago, her husband called me and said, Ken, do you think Wanda would care if I got married again? I said, why? He said, well, I met a lady at the Baptist church. She's a Christian. And we started having dinner together. And I think we've fallen in love. And I wanted your permission. I said, you don't need my permission. <laughs> he said, no, I just wanted to hear you say you thought it was okay. I said, it's okay. And they've gotten married. Isn't that wonderful? I, I think back at that. And I think, what if I'd have given up? Never give up on your friends. Love them and care for them. Share your faith with them. And you'll figure out a way to witness to them. Amen? Jesus called us to be fishers of men. And I think this is a wonderful series. And you ought to thank your pastor for even thinking about a canoe and fishing equipment, nets and whatever. <laughs> I think it's wonderful. Amen? Getting the message out. Give the pastor a hand this morning. Amen. We love you, brother. Amen. So this blind man was taken care of, and we have to believe God. And I, tell, I told people at a business convention that if you sell refrigerators, quit selling them. Sell the idea of having clean, wholesome food in the fridge. If you sell shoes, don't sell shoes. Sell foot comfort. If you sell John Deere tractors, quit. That's stupid to sell a tractor. Sell the idea 
of having a fruitful crop that will make money. You see, you see what I'm saying? Our thinking has to change. We, I think about everybody I see when I'm downtown. I just think about people. Are they going to be saved? Are they saved now? I think about stuff like that. My mind thinks that way. I can't help it. That's why I witness to everybody I can and talk to them about Jesus. Let all kinds of people to Christ. And I work on it every day. I don't say, well, I have to do this. I just do it. I'm a Christian. Amen? Everybody can do that. And I trust during this challenge of fishers of men, and uh, this boat will remind you, and this fishing equipment will remind you that God made you fishers of men, women, boys and girls. Amen? You can do that. You can. I'd, I'd like to get a, a call from... Pastor Ralph. I really would. I'd like to have him call me someday and say, Ken, you know, we started that Fishers of Men thing and everybody in the church already has won somebody to Christ and they're in the church. We're doubled in size. Is this mic on? <laughs> Amen. Everybody can do it if we believe God. Amen. That's right. I don't have any trouble with people. I talk to everybody. And I think we, that's our job, be fishers of men. That's why this man was so successful here. He trusted God. Don't just sell the idea that you go to a good church. No. Talk about what Jesus did in your life and the change he made, and you'll be fishers of men. Bow your head with me this morning. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you for this pastor. I'm not here to brag on him, but I thank you for him and his vision of fishers of men. I give you praise for it, and we thank you for each person here. While well, heads are bowed for just a moment, anyone here this morning who say, Ken, I need Jesus as my Savior, please pray for me. Anyone like that this morning that would slip your hand up, and let me just say a prayer. For I'm not going to embarrass you, but I want to pray that God will touch your life and will help you while there's an opportunity. Anyone like that? How many here love Jesus, but you say, I'm going to trust God to be a fisher of men. Let me see your hand. Amen. God bless you all over this place. Father, I pray you'll give victory to everybody. We don't just pray for them to have opportunities because the opportunities are already there. So I pray they take them and start witnessing and win people to Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise as pastor comes.